0: Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondick, and today I'm joined with Jordan Rainer who is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode today. If this is your first time, welcome. You're in for a really cool and fun conversation with Jordan Rayner. if you're a longtime time listener, um, and if you haven't heard of Jordan Rainer, well, let me introduce you to him right now. Jordan is an author, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. Uh, In this episode, we hone in on his latest book, Master of One, Find and Focus on the Work You Were Created to Do. Um, For those who know Jordan, one of his earlier books, Called to Create, um, took the world by storm. Um, And since then, this latest book, which is now available um, as of January 2020, um, as the title suggests, he calls us to look at particular crafts, um, a singular craft or calling, as in his words, um, and, and really the power of doing that rather than um, dabbling and just getting our feet wet in multiple different endeavors. While at the same time, he does advocate for trying things out um, and not, not following passion, but rather Passion follows mastery. That's uh, really a key phrase that you'll you'll hear echoed throughout the conversation today. I'm super excited. We dig and dive deeper into the book, um, some of his personal journey as well, and some of the experience that he had um, that that really speak to the the depth of this book um, and its its personal impact. Uh, he also interviews. Uh, many other leaders in that are experts in their craft um, to to look at some best practices and some tips that have worked for them um, that honor and glorify God in the process. Um, very excited for this conversation, and without further ado, I will turn it on over to my talk with Jordan. Jordan, thanks so much for joining me and the Guys Like Us podcast today. Yeah, it's, it's
1: good to hanging out, Tyler. Thanks, Robert.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you're you're a, in a very exciting season right now, um, kind of just capping off the writing season, and now it's you know it's it's live, and you're just seeing kind of the the fruits of your labor um, with yeah with Master of One. So can you um first of all, well congratulations. How how has the first week week few weeks now been um, since it's, its release?
1: It's been amazing. Yes, yeah, so Master of One uh, was released on January twenty first and you know writing such a weird endeavor so my 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 history is in tech startups mostly Mm -hmm. b2b where, mm-hmm. you know, you talk to customers every day, right? You get direct feedback on the product from customers every day. And writing, you don't always get that privilege, right? Like you'll, you'll, you'll come across people that you meet in the real world like, oh yeah, your book changed my life three years ago. I'm like, why didn't you tell me three years ago? <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, it's been a joy to see, we've, we've been hearing more direct feedback on Master of One and just how um, people are saying it's changing their life and giving them a higher commitment to excellence in their work because the book has convinced them, scripture, I believe the Holy Spirit has convinced mm-hmm. yeah. them that excellence matters. Mastering matters because work matters, and work is a means of loving our neighbor as ourselves and of glorifying God, revealing his character of excellence to the world. And so to hear people um say that the book has reminded them of that and inspired them to do more exceptional work for the glory of God and the good of others, it's like Great, my job here is done. Like I, I, I feel I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon happy that the Lord is using the book in this way. Yeah,
0: wow. It's, it's, it's something that you hit on that actually really struck a chord with me. Is the you mentioned being in B two B business and not necessarily having that same um, real time feedback or kind of yeah. that uh, that you, that sounds like you're getting now. What what has that has, does that kind of change your day? when you're when you have that you know that maybe daily or weekly feedback. How does that change kind of the, the, the way that you work and the way that you create? Yeah, so listen, in a B2B
1: business, right? Uh, you know, I, again, I come from tech software background. It's changing everything in like a very practical way, right? It's changing your product roadmap, but with like authors or like even podcasters, I bet you struggle with this too, Tyler, the feedback isn't as rapid. And so I think we content creators have gotta be more creative with how we seek out feedback from our audiences, right? Because as I talk about Master of One, you know, one of the keys to mastery is purposeful practice. And one component of purposeful practice is rapid feedback, right? Masters are intentional mm-hmm. about seeking out feedback immediately mm-hmm. on how they mm-hmm. do. And in this world of creating content that's not as linear and straightforward as it is in say a B2B, you mm-hmm. know, tech software business.
0: Right, right. Um, so I, I want to just kind of discuss the the whole concept um that led you into uh into mastery. Obviously, one of your uh, prolific books, um called to create um, kind yeah. of set your I, I don't know if it would be safe to say kind of really kind of took took your book writing to a, a new level oh yeah yeah sure um, and I want we can come back to that a little bit later um, but with master of one what what have you been seeing or was there an, some experiences that you were uh, having in your life that that led you to realize the the value and just the, um, the, the point that we are masters of one?
1: yeah well i don't think most people are i'll say that i'll say that i think i think uh and listen i'll say this i somebody asked me the other day is yeah. this master of one strategy biblical like mm-hmm. no i i think there's a clear command in scripture to do everything with excellence first corinthians 10 31 tells us to do us. Do all things for the glory of God, and I think that includes our work. Master of One is a strategy to that end, right? Exceptional work for the glory of God and the good of others. But what led me to this like deep conviction uh, of you know being a master of one instead of a master of none uh, is really kind of my own story, right? So early in my career, I was the quintessential jack of all trades master of none. Mm-hmm. And listen, I actually have no problem being described as a jack of all trades, right? I think that's the inevitable byproduct of discerning your calling. I do have a huge problem being described as a master of none, again, because I believe the essence of the Christian life is to glorify God, love our neighbors as ourselves. And, you know, we do that when we do our work masterfully well and serve as effective imitators or image bearers of God's character of excellence, the the opposite of mastery is mediocrity. And mediocrity is nothing short of a failure of love of your neighbor and a misrepresentation of our father. And so, you know, for years I've been asking, okay, so what's the alternative to being a master of none? And over the years I've kind of believe that the solution is embrace being a jack of all trades. But at some point in your career, find one thing you're going to go big on. Find one thing you're going to really sink your teeth into that you can point to and say, yeah, I'm trying to become masterful at this because I believe my work is eternally significant. And this is how I'm going to glorify God and love my neighbors myself. And so you mentioned called to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned, I, I I already mentioned this tech uh, startup that, right. that I was running. So I sold two tech startups early in my career. And then right about the time that called to create came out, uh, I was running another tech uh, startup called Threshold360, uh, which is still running today. we built the world's largest library of 360 experiences of public spaces. So think hotels, restaurants, mm-hmm. shops, attractions. We have more of that content than anybody on the globe. Uh, and so the book takes off as I'm CEO of this company. So the mm-hmm. book is just growing like a weed. The Lord is multiplying it way beyond uh, what I can reasonably take credit for. And at the same time, mm-hmm. Threshold. Is growing like a weed, right? Uh, and so I have these two things that are both working, and I just got to a place where I realized, you know what? Um, in order to do either of these things uh, exceptionally well, to the fullest uh, of my potential, I got to put all my eggs in one of those baskets. And so I actually stepped down as CEO. Uh, it, it was it was the best gig I've ever had in my life. I loved it. I ran the company for two and a half years. Uh, when you're a part of something that's growing that fast, it can be an incredible high. Uh, but I walked away. I spent about nine months, 12 months recruiting my replacement and stepped into the role as chairman of the board, which I currently serve in today, which requires a lot less of my time. And yeah, so uh, for about the last year now, I have been focused on one thing, which is just creating content, books, uh, you know, my devotion, weekly devotionals, my podcast, The Call to Mastery all within this aim of helping every single christian find and focus and master the work that they were created to do in service of god and others. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. And and that's um that's actually really interesting because I feel like most people they'll drop something when they're not good at it or they <laughs> yeah. or, or they're not seeing the again like the results that they um that uh, that they want especially when you know it, you, you kind of matched up two different two different uh, you know things through your mm-hmm. your book creation and through mm-hmm. your business. Um, mm-hmm. What that's I, I think that's just so hard for us to wrap our minds around. What kind of led you to ultimately make that decision? Was there some signs that you were kind yeah. of seeing?
1: There, there, there were a lot, there were a lot of things, right? Um, it's funny the story that I played in my head almost every day for a year before I officially made that decision was the story of jim collins uh the author of good to great obviously so supposedly collins like early in his career and the great management Mm -hmm. thinker peter Drucker was mentoring him and i think this is like right after built to last was published jim collins is like epic bestseller and jim collins had lots of opportunities to you know build a consulting firm off of the books or you know to, to do a bunch of different things and Peter Drucker basically told him, here's the deal. You can either build a business or build ideas. You can't do both. Hmm. And Collins obviously chose building ideas. And that trade off caused him to have a, he still to this day is a very, very small team. And all he does is like build ideas. And like that just like deeply resonated with me. Um, I think a lot of people fool themselves into believing that they can master more than one thing vocationally at the same time. I think you'd be like really hard pressed to find examples of people who have achieved like, world-class mastery of more than one thing in the same season of life. Right mm-hmm. now, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not going to master something else further on down the road in my career, but at this season of life, I just knew I had to put all of my eggs in, in one of these baskets. And so for me, that was choosing to create content. But I'll say this, Tyler. I actually don't think it was that big of a departure from what I was doing. I actually see running a tech startup like threshold 360 and now creating content as kind of the same thing it's still the same quote unquote one thing in my mind of entrepreneurship right it's still Mm -hmm. the art of identifying gaps in a market that's what you do with the tech startup bring a solution to market to meet that need so in software, that's a piece of software. In content, it's a book, a podcast, a devotional, whatever it is. And then setting up systems so those things can sell really well long-term without your direct involvement. I, I actually think it really is the exact same thing. Yeah. But the medium is significantly different, right? So whereas at Threshold, you know, I'm leading a team of product managers and, and software developers. Now I'm really the one creating the products, right? I'm writing mm-hmm. the content, uh, you know uh, doing the podcast and I love it I, I, I and the Lord has made very clear this is the work that I'm supposed to be doing in the season of my life and, and and that's evidenced by serving people well just hearing people who love the podcast and can't stop listening to it or love the books and bought everything I ever made like that to me is a better sign that I'm doing the work that I'm created to do other than like my own happiness like I talk a lot about this in matter one you know stop focusing so much on your passions. Stop focusing so much on your short-term happiness. Focus on making others happy, and that's going to lead to the most sustainable satisfaction of location for yourself.
0: Yeah, I I think that's that's really fascinating. And I think in a place of service, um, not only do – and I think when we're able to serve others, we find kind of a newfound significance of the work that we're doing as well. 100%. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Was there other people that were that were in your life that were affirming or um, or you know people that were encouraging you to make this change uh, or to write this book? What what did kind of how did that impact the way that you kind of move forward?
1: Yeah, so there were definitely some people in my life. I mean, one one of them yeah. was my my wife. I mean, we would really have very frank conversations about. Yeah. Hey, you can't write another book <laughs> if you're going to
0: continue to run this company and be right.
1: traveling you know, all over the world uh, on, on a okay. frequent basis to raise yeah. capital or talk to customers or whatever. Sure. sounds like a very real, tangible – like I can't continue to do both of these things yeah. uh, you know, because I, I also believe I'm called to be an excellent father and husband. Yeah. But there were other people, just yeah. professional allies in my life that were mm-hmm. um, kind of supporting this move. Although I will say this. like A lot of people thought I was crazy like really crazy i mean i left a lot on the table to leave that ceo job it was by far the hardest decision i've ever made professionally but i think if you really want to get world class at anything it requires great sacrifice and i you know i don't think i made the right decision for my career i just think i made the choice as to what was best For me, and more importantly, the people I serve. You know, this this may be helpful to your listeners. But like, one lens I like to use when I'm encouraging people, you know, which path to choose in their career is kind of the lens that I thought about this decision. It was like, okay, which path am I most uniquely qualified uh, to do? Right. So a threshold. There are hundreds, probably thousands of people in the world that could have run that company as CEO as well, if not better, than I did day to day. But uh, on the other side of the coin, I didn't see anybody raising their hands, saying that they wanted to write 20 books, helping the church understand the eternal significance of their work Mm -hmm. and helping them do – inspiring them and equipping them to do their most exceptional work for the glory of God and the good of others. I just didn't see a lot of people raising their hands. I had the success at Call to Great, and I'm like, okay, I guess that's the path because nobody else is saying I'm going to do it. So I need to do it because I think this work Mm -hmm. needs to be done in the church. I think every Christian needs to deeply understand that their work, even if it is not even close to being overtly evangelical is eternally significant because it reflects the character of a working, creative God, because mm-hmm. it loves neighbor as self, and because when you're great at it, it opens up doors to share the gospel and make yeah. disciples of Jesus yeah. Christ in every single corner of creation.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Um, and so I want to kind of shift, and you kind of turn turn the, um, the, the corner for me already, for... Um, getting into kind of the, the, the roadmap framework of your book, you break it down, um, you then break it down into four parts, right? So explore, choose, eliminate, and master, um, just as a way to, I think, conceptualize and really lean into um, this process. Can, so for me, when, when I look at explore, and I, I'm sure a lot of listeners are, are, are feeling overwhelmed with the amount of options Mm-hmm. That they that that they've been presented from their whether it's their parents their you know insta- uh, educational systems their business that are give, you know giving them all these different options how do you kind of how, how do you even make it reasonable within this explore stage
1: yeah uh, so let, let, me, let me just say this before yeah. I kind of talk to this I- sure. We, you and I, Tyler, yeah, I'm assuming you're a millennial, yeah?
0: That, that's, yep, that's right. So
1: the overriding career advice that we heard from our parents and every other well-intentioned adult in our lives was follow your passions, follow your dreams, do whatever makes you happy. You can do anything, right? Yeah. And it turns out that's like one actually crippling advice because if I can be anything I want to be, where the heck do I start? Like, where in the world do I start to make a decision? Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I, I think this advice is like, really bad uh, because, you know, number one, it doesn't work. Millennials have had more opportunity to do whatever makes us happy in our careers. And Gallup tells us that we are the least happy generation of all time, right? Uh, and in the, in, in the book, I talk about why. I, I talk about this, you know, uh, slew of academic studies that show that the number one predictor of describing your work as a calling as opposed to a job or a career is mm-hmm. not whether or not you were passionate about it when you started it. It's the number of years you have spent practicing your craft, right? Passion is a side effect of mastery. You get to love what you do by getting really good at it, which, oh, by the way, shouldn't come as a surprise to Christians who are called upon Jesus' example yes. of serving others before serving yourself. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to your question. Yeah. So four-step path of mastery. So the book started out with a question, how do we do our most exceptional work to the glory of God? Uh, and I went out and talked to world-class masters of their crafts, like Tony Dungy, the NFL Hall of Fame coach. We talked to Mr. Rogers' biographer, talked to Chip Gaines, Emily Lay, the founder of Simplified, amazing people who also love Jesus. And there turned out to be a very predictable path to finding and focusing on your one thing. Step one is explore, right? Place a ton of little bets. Experiment widely in your career. Uh, Celebrate having five jobs in your first five years out of college. It's a good way to find the work that you're gonna be most gifted at. But once you find it, you gotta move on to step two in the path mastery, which is choosing to commit to one thing vocationally for a particular season of your career, right? So so step one, explore, step two, choose, step three, eliminate. So once you're clear on what you're saying yes to, you gotta say no to a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. And then the final step, honestly Tyler isn't really a step it's a lifelong process of mastery yeah. right yeah. of continually raising the bar of continually putting you know more weight on the bar to become more masterful at the work that God has created you to do
0: yeah yeah absolutely so um in just kind of break breaking this down a little bit more I, I love mm-hmm. how mastery is yeah
1: we'll go deep wherever you want
0: yeah yeah so For I think elimination has been something that has been really uh, helpful for me. What I I don't know about you, but when I was younger, um, in you know, in school, teachers would say cross off, you know, for your SAT prep or whatever it is, (laughs) cross off things that you know it's not. Yeah. Right. How do you kind of what are what are some indicators or maybe factors um, to to know that this is something that you're not good at?
1: Yeah, I think you try. I mean, listen, I, I think there's a lot of things you can cross off the list just yeah. by some, like, really simple um, self-examination. Just sit down in silence for 90 minutes and write down everything you know you're not going to. For example, uh, I'm a terrific founder and writer. I am a horrific accountant. Uh, You do not want me doing any accounting for anybody or anything remotely financial, Mm -hmm. right? So that's, like, off my list. Same thing with, like, science or medicine. I would have killed a lot of people as a doctor. That was never really an option, right? And the other thing I would encourage you to do is ask other people what you're not good at and good at, right? But, like, again... If work is primarily service to others, uh, introspection isn't the only means to discerning you know, what we're good and what we're bad at. Mm-hmm. Much more important is asking other people what they think we're good at, how we're serving them well, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think that's a super uh, helpful framework to yeah. think about you know, limiting those choices before you even start. But then yeah. <laughs> even once you've done that, Tyler, you're still going to have a pretty long list of things you might be good at. So place as many little bets as you can. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and just experiment rapidly. Don't fear fear failure. Fear is a good thing. It's Mm -hmm. telling you what you're not good at. So you can refine and refine and refine and get closer to the sweet spot of who God's made you to be and the work that he's created you to do.
0: Yeah. And I I love how you're you're really highlighting and emphasizing the – just to give it some time as well, like yeah. within you know five years, try different things, and also kind of see. It sounds like you see things through maybe a little bit longer. Yes, totally. Um, so uh, a couple
1: things on that. Number yeah. one, I, I think we as a society are asking young people to commit to you know, in the vernacular of my book, their one thing way too early in life. But you see it all the time with like you know uh, parents. Asking their kids to commit to one thing when they're seven years old, like, that's insane, right? Like, like our kids should be free to experiment widely in their careers. Now, if you're six years old, and your kids like this is the only thing I ever want to do in my life, great, double down on it, triple down on it, right? And like, go all in. But like, I think we need to experiment widely to find the work that we can do best, right? And that takes time for some people it takes more time than others for some of us uh yeah i was talking with this woman on my podcast uh who knew when she was like eight years old that she wanted to be a professional ballerina she knew it she tried soccer she tried a bunch of different things but that was it and she committed to it and not surprisingly she got world class at it she paid to travel the world to do ballet right um so that, that's cool but that, that's not gonna be the story of most of us i think most of us are still gonna be a few years out of school experimenting widely and that's okay but to your point tyler the answer might be sticking with something a little bit longer because, again, as I said a few minutes ago, passion follows mastery. Passion grows uh, proportionately to competence. Right, As you get better at the craft, uh, you're going to enjoy it more and find a deeper level of passion
0: for it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I've said this on my podcast before. Um, but I mean, for me personally, I when I was younger, I had a speech impediment. I had a stutter, and so anything communication involved for a little yeah. bit, I I had zero interest in. Yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, and and you know, and I had and I said this is going to be something that's so important for my development. Um, and and at the end of the day, God's going to get the glory in yeah. in this deliverance, and when yeah. I'm able when I'm able to work through it. And yeah, now, yeah. I mean, I'm doing podcasts and and so many other great things. Yeah, that- I love it you know, that I had to develop. And it it goes to, if I had stuck just with my natural giftings, which I I think are super important, um, I wouldn't be seeing the full extent of the kingdom impact that I can have today. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, but something I want, I want to shift into as well. Um, so you've, you've discussed a little bit on how kind of serving others, um is super is super important in this in this path of mastery okay. as yep. well um is there any kind of examples of uh, of where you've seen that maybe the most magnified um in in some of the you mentioned some of the other stories and people that you've uh you've interviewed what mm-hmm. how has how has that been part of their story
1: yeah I, I, you know, mr rogers is the one that comes to mind so i actually, I actually didn't grow up um Watching Mister Rogers is kind of weird. I was born in eighty six. I feel like everyone born in eighty six grew up watching Mister Rogers. Yeah. Um. But I've become obsessed with his life over the last few years. Like he he has quickly become one of the great heroes of my mm. life, and I think it's it's partially because like he was wildly ambitious for his work, but he was rooted in his faith and his mm-hmm. deep belief that work is service to others. So I'll give you like a really practical example of this, right? So in his life, so uh, Rogers was like a crazy talented musician, right? He, he was, uh, he graduated like top of his class at, from Rollins college down here in yeah. Florida with a degree in music composition. But the reason why he like didn't go into music professionally was he didn't understand, like it wasn't practical enough to him how that served other people right like how practically concerned specifically children and their parents that he was like really passionate about serving and so it wasn't until like tv came along where he like instantly got like he instantly saw a vision oh i can combine my passion for music and my passion for ministry and my passion for children and my passion for um he like, he like loved puppetry. It's kind of weird, but like, whatever. He like loved puppets. <laughs> I can combine all these things in a singular direction to be of the utmost service to others. But like, that was the guiding principle. It was like, how can I find the best expression of all of my talents, of all of my interests in a single way? to serve others well. So if you like read deeply uh, about Fred Rogers' life, like I, I think it's a beautiful model for what the path to mastery looks like, right? And actually, I, I just had... Um, uh, well, coming up, we're releasing on February uh, 19th, I believe. We're releasing an episode of The Call to Mastery, my podcast, uh, with Fred's biographer. First mm-hmm. full-length biography uh, of, of Mr. Rogers, which just released, actually, a couple years oh, ago. Wow. It's kind of okay. wild. Uh, and it is phenomenal. And I had a terrific conversation uh, with Rogers' biographer about this very topic.
0: Yeah, wow, that, that's really interesting. And I, I, I this is inspiring me to, to look more into... Um... To Mister Rogers' background, got, you as well. gotta
1: read up on Rogers. Like, like yeah. legit. It, like, so C.S. Lewis, yeah. all time like hero f- for me. Yeah. Uh, and kind of nobody else was up there on that pedestal uh, until I discovered Fred Rogers' story. And I think like Rogers and Lewis are like equals in my book of yeah. kind of faith and work heroes and people who just did again did exceptional work that was motivated not to make a name for themselves but in service of others because of who they saw themselves in Christ.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so just at maybe some of us are kind of in are already know where we, um, where we're kind of called to be right now and where we're just, we're looking to grow further. What are some important things in this process of mastery? Um, as we continue to grow and develop, you know, kind of once, once we've kind of, we've eliminated we're you know, we're continuing to eliminate and continuing to sharpen, but we're, we're, we're kind of we'll want to take it to the next level.
1: Yeah. So listen, I think, I think that, that step of elimination may be the toughest, but, yeah. and we can come back to that if you want. But, but in the book, I do talk about, you know, what I see is the three keys to mastering anything vocationally and again this came from our interviews but also came from uh, my team's uh, research of academic articles and business sure. literature so again three keys to mastering anything the first is apprenticeships mm-hmm. um either in a direct mentor protégé relationship or what we call in the book an indirect apprenticeship mm-hmm. right uh, so that is you know submitting yourself to the authorities of podcasters or youtube stars who you want to learn from about a particular craft so mm-hmm. key number one is apprenticeships. Key number two is purposeful practice. So a lot of people listening to this I'm sure are familiar with the 10,000-hour rule. It takes 10,000 hours to get world-class at anything. Uh, But what most people don't realize is it's not just 10,000 hours of practice but 10,000 hours of purposeful practice, which we go deep on in the book, what that means. Uh, And then the third key to mastery is just discipline over time, Tyler. like. It, being willing to not just fall in love with a career, but stay in love with it and stay committed to it long enough to get world class at it. Like, they're, they're, they're you know, I, I wish this weren't the truth, but there are no shortcuts to mastery. It takes a long time yeah, yeah. to get truly world class in anything. Um, and we, we just got to have the discipline to stick with something long enough to get great at it. And I think that may be the rarest. Of all of those keys that I just mentioned, I, I think discipline over time is probably the rarest yeah. quality.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and I would I would agree with that as well. It, it requires a lot of consistency and persistence, and just this intentionality of showing up every day, wanting to wanting to grow, wanting to get better.
1: Yeah, it's like what Warren Buffett said, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to get rich slow, right? <laughs> and nobody, nobody wants to get rich slow, but yeah. like. I, I, again, I've been looking for another path my whole career, and I don't, I don't see one. I, I think we're called to like hard, disciplined, focused, intentional work uh, oh. that just takes time. But I think, you know, if you talk, if you talk to to truly world class people, like the people in the book, like the people on my podcast, they'll tell you that it's totally worth it right? Because it's totally worth the fight for excellence uh, and the discipline that it takes to do it. Because again, I, I, I've said it a hundred times in this episode, passion follows mastery, right? Like yeah. your love of the thing, your love of the work grows as you see how the Lord is using it mm-hmm. to serve others exceptionally well.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, I just have a few quick, rapid kind of rapid fire questions. Sure. So feel free to elaborate as much fire as you'd happen. like. Yeah. Um, it, What advice would you have for um, yourself, say, 10 years ago?
1: Your happiness is not the primary purpose of work. You were created to live with something much bigger and much more inspiring than that. And that is to make Christ famous in the world. Uh, So pick a lane. Get great at it because that's part of how you do that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What are some questions that people should be asking to those, uh, that I guess, that have gone before them? What are some, you know, if for, just kind of good learning questions that people should be asking?
1: That's a terrific question. <laughs> I really like that question a lot. Um, man, I, I, I would just ask, I would ask the question you just asked me, you know, what, what would you have told yourself 10 years ago? What are the mistakes uh, along the way? And I would ask – I mean if it's somebody you really respect, I would argue that they probably – they're also probably really focused, right, which should tell you something about what it takes to become masterful. I would ask you really practical questions about how they've done that, like how they have uh, – what, what temptations, what distracting side paths uh, came up on the path to mastery and how to avoid those traps.
0: hmm Awesome. Fantastic. Um, and then just the, just finally, um, what are maybe three books or resources that you would point people to outside of your own, your own books, um, that, uh, have been really you know helpful in, 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 your path?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the most life changing books for me, this is, this is a pretty easy one to answer. Uh, every good endeavor by Tim Keller changed my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. five years ago, I was exiting my second venture, trying to decide what was next for my career, or trying to decide between starting a company and planning a church. And Keller's book convinced me that uh, I should start a company. And that was an equally God honoring use of my time and my energy. And that's the book that sent me on the course of creating the content that I'm creating today. So I'm eternally uh, uh, grateful to Tim Keller for bringing that book into the world. Uh, the second would be Getting Things Done by David Allen so have you have you read this one Tyler?
0: Um, I have not read Getting Things Done so I'll
1: warn you and I'll warn the audience it is the most boring book (laughs) (laughs) you will ever read very dense but I make every single member of my team read it and live out the principles of it I think it is easily Uh, the best methodology for managing your time, managing your tasks, and making sure that your yes is yes, that you do what you say you're going to do pretty much every single time. Mm -hmm. So that's a great one. And then, um, you know, Deep Work by Cal Newport. I I read that Mm -hmm. book and I was like, oh man, somebody's been following me around for five years and, and watching how I work. He just gave language to how i worked uh and i think that principle of deep work and 90 minute blocks of totally focused time with no notifications on your computer or your phone like i think that's yeah. game changing yeah. for productivity
0: right so th- those
1: are the three, three I would three. point
0: people too awesome so every good endeavor um deep work and then what was it the middle one as well
1: yeah the middle one was getting things done by david allen
0: okay awesome all yeah. right um and then just where where can we find you and, and get a, uh, get our hands on a copy of your books as well
1: Sure. Super easy to find me, jordanraynor.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y-N-O-R.com. You can find a link to the book there as well as a link to uh, the Call to Mastery podcast where every week uh, I talk to a Christian who is world-class at their craft uh, across a bunch of different vocational disciplines. We talk about their path to mastery, their daily habits and routines, Mm. and how their faith influences their work. It's a pretty unique Mm. conversation, uh, a framework for conversation we're having every week, growing like a weed. I think the audience is growing like 50% uh, every two months or something like that. So we're having a blast making
0: it. That's incredible, yeah. And I will link all these in the, the show notes as well. Um, well, hey Jordan, it's been it's been a real joy um, and honor having you on the podcast today. So thank you for yeah, your time and just so, so much um, great wisdom that um, I know I know impacted me and I'm sure will 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 uh, touch many of our listeners.
1: Hey, let me, before we go, let me just commend you, man, for your exceptional work. I I I, I want your audience to hear this. So don't edit it out. I do a lot of these interviews. I think we've done fifty in the last couple of weeks, and you're you're a truly exceptional interviewer. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep 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 on the path to mastering this discipline because uh, you're great at it. So keep keep at it. The work you're doing is important. Man.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Normally I would edit this out, but per, <laughs> per per your request, I will I will keep it on. I will keep it on. Good.